Yo, dog, I heard you like Fleetwood. So I got you a Fleetwood preview on top of your Fleetwood review on top of another Fleetwood review here on the Always AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. I am not Exhibit, very popular host of the early 2000s MTV show Pimp My Ride. But I am drinking... I'm, uh, so my last prospect list goes up on Friday. I am pretty much shot mentally and physically at this point. So I am drinking a Bigelow Tea Cooler. It's a watermelon, mint, and cucumber. There's some herbal stuff in it too. Hibiscus, I think. Maybe some chamomile. Uh, yeah, I would prefer to be drinking just hard alcohol to get through two Fleetwood reviews, but not in the cards for me tonight. So I will I will hand it off to my two probably slightly uh, less sober co-hosts, starting in New England with our New England owl, Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeff. Good to see you. Uh, Mass Landings, Gunner's Daughter, Milk Stout. Mm. Sticking uh, with the fairly, classics. Fairly expected, uh, expected drink for me tonight, I think. Are you excited to get to do a proper Fleetwood preview after being uh, robbed of the opportunity <laughs> the last two weeks? Uh uh, only one small point to mention that I found interesting. Otherwise, we can skim that shit. I think we got enough of Fleetwood. To help us skim that Fleetwood shit in Cascadia, <laughs> in Portland, Oregon. It's our Cascadia Owl, Mike LaRoon. Mike, what are you drinking? Jeff, how are you? Yeah, I was going to say, you have quite the seasonal drink for, for February, so nice job on that. Yeah. Um, we I'm better, we better with some mescal in it, but a little fresh lime. I, yeah. Yeah, I made a probably close to a hot toddy. Um, so I got some honey and um, some fruit in there. And I'm drinking from uh, Shine Spirits, their straight bourbon whiskey, which is uh, their Portland blend. And it's very good. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I will say I had a local bourbon for the first time uh, last week, which I then kind of like. I think unfairly maligned on a different podcast, but it's actually grown on me uh, quite a bit. The Sugar House Distillery Bourbon Whiskey. I mean, it has the characteristic of being young, but it makes a nice old fashioned, which is all I can really ask for. And boy, I could use an old fashioned before we talk about two Fleetwood games. We review two Fleetwood games. Cover a little bit of Wednesday news, not much, even with the transfer window slamming shut. We will preview a big-time showdown at Hillsborough against Plymouth Argyle, and a less big-time showdown <laughs> in the FA Cup replay at Fleetwood. But we start with Fleetwood, and then we go to Fleetwood, and then there'll be more Fleetwood. Uh, these were kind of two of the same games, and obviously they both kind of set up to play Wednesday at home and try to grind out a result. They were one for two, in that regard, I guess I'll start with you, Justin. What's your biggest takeaway from two Fleetwood games? Other than you never want to see another Fleetwood game. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, I'm getting a little tired of uh, of their act. Um, I don't know. I mean, overall coming out of it, I thought there was a couple. Like, Mike, I don't know about you, but I, I can't even really separate these games. The FA Cup one's a little more in my head uh, recently, but uh, Marvin Johnson's been playing good again. How's that yes. for a uh, it was a nice goal? Yeah, both, 
Jeff, Jeff and I were saying that there's kind of, I think, and maybe it's all fans, all supporters now, but there's, there's, we're still in the Newcastle hangover because we just haven't really got back into the routine of uh, what this team is going to look like um, and, and how we're playing. But, yeah, uh, this also, the, the talking point for the first Fleetwood League game was this is our first post-McGinnis game. Uh, so mm. the, the defense did, um, I, th- I thought our defense stood up. I thought the Iorfa played better than, uh, better than expected. So that was, uh, that was nice. Um, again, another comfortable one nil, uh, game. So you, you, but, you predicted a comfortable two nil and it arguably should have been with Gregory blazing over the penalty, uh, yeah, that's second, right. which I literally oh, just remembered now because that that's how much that game was. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. You always bet on your number nine to score and take that pen in that spot. I, I just, and he's been good on pens, generally speaking, the last couple of years. But man, I just think Michael Smith should take every pen and he was on the pitch. Just like, let him take it. He just absolutely fires it top corner every time with minimal fuss. I mean, obviously it didn't matter at that point. It was the last kick of the game, but and we need to get Gregory on the on the score sheet there too. But I just did think it was a little. Uh, I was actually listening to it, the last bit of it, in my car, in the car driving the kid around, and they got all the big. Uh, yeah, you know, it was. It actually was a little. The last like ten minutes of that game or so were maybe a little bit nervier than you would have liked seeing out a game at home against. Fleetwood Town. Yeah. Have we had that? I don't. I don't think we always have that nervy window in every game. Um, and we're still. I still call them comfortable. Uh, right. That's comfortable. the thing. Like, yeah, it's football. It's football. Everybody's going to push a little bit at some point. The biggest difference between I think this year and last year, and, and, and years going back, even even further than that, obviously, is that, wait, wait. I got to get a drink ready in case you say it. Uh, <laughs> Wednesday. Wednesday's bad day at the office previously, like they concede late, they, you know, give up the, the game tying or the, or the game losing goal, or they just get drilled like four nil by somebody randomly. Right. Where they just wouldn't really show up. They're like bad days at the office this year are kind of boring one nil wins. Right. right. That's how you are unbeaten in 20 games or whatever it is. I liked uh, Mike. I was glad you mentioned uh, the post McGinnis thing. That's a great call. So I just think the back three, and again, Fleetwood aren't necessarily world beaters, no. but I think overall the back three have looked really good. Uh, the Fleetwood's opening goal in the FA Cup game, I think. That's on the midfield. might have lost his it's guy. A, that's or, on the midfield, right, somebody, yeah. They really didn't have time. Like they, got, they, got, they gave it away in a bad spot, and they didn't get organized. Like It happened. Yeah. Like it, wasn't a great, um, it wasn't a great defensive performance there, but it was a good cross and a good spot where they were just trying to get set. And you know, that can happen when you games, give it away in a bad spot, yeah. The, the two games, they've, that back three has looked good. Yeah. And, and I was actually right shocked they conceded. That's how good they've been recently defensively. Yeah, well, but again, post post McGinnis um, yeah. to Iorfa to step in and be He's looked good and then went off ready. injured at the end of the Fleetwood, second Fleetwood game, although it doesn't sound too, too concerning. We'll see if he's... I, uh, I didn't even see it listed under yeah. injury concerns for this week, so I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I think like he probably um, could have continued if he really had to, but obviously Flint's in now. They can just move him in for a like for mm-hmm. like sub and and go from there. And also, it's Fleetwood in the FA Cup. And I I do think the the takeaway from the second game is how much better they looked when Bannon and Byers came on for the last half hour. Well, I, I, one other talking point though is Malik Wilkes. 
really. Uh, yeah, he had a good game, too. Fantastic game. Uh, but, yeah, seeing... Go ahead. Like, I get with the injuries and everything else, and it's an FA Cup game. It, it, it wasn't a ton of squad rotation in the FA Cup game. Well, Pato got the start. They sort of reversed who started and then came in between yeah. the two games. Which which is fine. I did... like yeah. The midfield setup for me, like... They really kind of left Fox isolated as the li- uh, the deepest lying midfielder. Like I think he got caught in a bunch of situations where he really should have like turned and ran. He had space to do that, but instead would like dawdle a little bit or pass the ball out to the wingbacks because they're just like Adenarin and Windass were. I don't know what they were doing, but they're like they weren't even in frame. Yeah, I I, I kind of blame Adenarin on that, and I could totally be wrong. You you expect. Uh windass to be furthest up the pitch and you know but it is what it is um i actually the other point i i did want to touch on jeff that you mentioned too is is gregory has been a little bit out of form and during this fa cup game you could you could see it he he was close he had that sort of sliding header where he almost crashed into the post and that uh glancing header that that he just missed he, you know hit the crossbar like he he was he's coming back from he injury i thought his he link up play still he's, been very he's good he's not quite yeah. there yeah it's just not quite there i him getting a goal would be uh would be huge to to get him off i don't really have like any other comments from these games there's just it's such a dire dire game to watch it's like the only I was, thing i was almost yeah. upset that this is how bad it was when the Cheltenham game got called off because of the frozen ground, I'm like, man, I could use Cheltenham away in between these two fleet yeah. games. It's like yeah. a palate cleanser. Big time. It would still be probably similar, but it's just, I don't know. The, the the only thing worse would be if this was Wickham. That, that's it. Other than that, yeah. this is Wickham at least um, plays a little bit, though. Like, yeah. Well, I, I think the thing with Fleetwood is that they are really difficult to play against because they are so chaotic and mark you so tightly it just it makes for it just makes for a, a scrambly game where, where the ball never seems to get into the final third you know they just tear up the midfield and it's you know it's a ruin trying to get through there it's not particularly fun to watch do you think Rooney was a little lucky not to get sent off in the FA Cup? Uh, <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday, we were definitely pushing his buttons, especially yeah. on the set. I mean, the first, oh, yeah. the first one, oh, the first one of those almost second. Yet, I thought hilarious. the last foul, if it hadn't been the last action of the game, he might have gotten sent off for the last right. free kick. Because that's like in a the first one. The there was also sort of down the down the left flank. There was eh, like I've seen it given, but I don't I don't mind it not. But that was like the guy is right on the edge of the area. He's cutting into the box. He's behind him. Like I've I've seen that given as a yellow card before. I feel like if almost it was Easily. any other player playing Wednesday too, that might have uh, might have happened too. I don't know. But yeah, uh, these... Mike, great call on the uh, <laughs> on the free kick. They they had one where I believe him and Iorfa were lined up mm-hmm. and just literally wrestling until the yeah. rest stopped. Talks to them, and as they get set again. Vox comes around the backside <laughs> and gives Rooney a jersey tuck. Yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. That was brilliant. That's a little bit of shithousery right back at them. So yeah, we will uh we'll get that yeah. round four replay. On to like it's another midweek game in between 
Plymouth and Ipswich. I guess Ipswich has one too because they have a replay with Burnley, don't they? Yeah. Uh, so At which point we may we may play them. Right, we play so the winner of uh, don't even have was, a, don't even have a glory fixture. I guess that I guess we're just sort of transitioning to the Wednesday. This news. was all this was supposed to be Barnsley on the original schedule, so um, yeah, maybe we'll see. I guess in the news we can talk about the draw and uh, yeah, we might as well talk about it here. We'll just transition. To okay, let's talk news. about it here. Um, yeah, not not a great draw. Um, like it's on one level, it's kind of a, a winnable fixture if they if they get through. But also, it, like the schedule is starting to get crowded now. You're you're gonna have another League One fixture punted to midweek, probably in like. But the March final or early eight. April. Final eight. Imagine that. So no, first of all, the yeah. draw. We, I, you, you look at the you look at the championship table, and I don't even know how big Burnley's lead is now, but they're like twelve or fifteen points clear mm-hmm. of. Their, they're a wagon. Yeah. They're a wagon. They. But they're also. Can you imagine? They're also going to look at it like they can make. They're already. Locked yeah, and loaded Vincent, Premier League football. They can look at this like, oh, we can make a little run here. Yeah, yeah. Vincent Wednesday Company. Vincent yeah. Company would love to be in the semis. Yeah. Um, I just like look. I can they go to Burnley and win? Yeah. I don't know if they're going to get up for Burnley the same way they're going to get up for Newcastle no, at and, home. And Burnley will get no. up for them. Burnley yeah. will get up for this one. Now so, they could yeah. also lose at Ipswich at midweek because it's the magic of the cup, and who knows? And there's actually been a fair <laughs> bit of cup stats throughout this tournament too. But yeah, it's not. Like if they lose on Tuesday, I'm like, you never, you want to keep it going, right? You want to keep that unbeaten streak going. And you know, I didn't at the closing minutes on Saturday. I was, and it was one one. I was like, I could, yeah, it's time. I'm not going to be disappointed if we get knocked out. Like I, I definitely don't want to lose to Fleetwood. Uh, but if, if we don't advance much further in the cup, fine, because we do need to focus on the league. But I, I'm with you, Mike. I, I think. Final eight and and anything can happen. You still there, want that right? mark? You still want that marquee Premier League? Yeah, match. we haven't got that yet. Well, uh, Newcastle, but yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, Newcastle fans, but yeah, we want another, <laughs> we want another marquee uh, Premier League match. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll see. We just got to be Fleetwood first. That's the cup news for the week. We'll take a break now and talk. <laughs> just as briefly about Wednesday's transfer window. Now it's time for some more Wednesday news. And the transfer window did close yesterday evening. uh, And I think we already talked about Alex Mighton returning to... Nottingham Forest and Mark McGinnis being recalled by Cardiff. Uh, Wednesday did get a Cardiff central back back on loan. The very familiar Aiden Flint has returned to the blue and white stripes on loan for the rest of the season from Cardiff City. Uh, Obviously got into the closing stages of the FA Cup match. I expect you'll see him. You know, uh, probably at the, you know, this does give him the flexibility to move him into the center of a center back three with Iortha and uh, Maywo and play Palmer out at right back if they want. Uh, though Palmer has also been very good at the right of the center back three. And, you know, Jack Hunt has actually looked pretty good with more regular playing time as well as right back. So not as much defensive depth as you would like. Um, the probably forgotten Jaden Brown has been in the squad the last couple uh games i don't think he's actually played outside of the 
outside of the pizza cup sure uh, league cup games definitely too, forgotten really. here on cape cod yeah uh, so there's still not a ton of defensive depth no just getting in somebody to uh you know add to that depth uh plus i feel like aiden flynn's last experience here was just stopped so short like he came he was in, good and then he got really hurt. good for a couple games but it was such a tease it was a couple games then he randomly left and i still never heard a good explanation for him going back and then suddenly not being hurt so i don't know if uh i don't remember who the manager was at that point but uh, uh that whole thing was uh was a bit weird who knows tony pulis um the caretaker under 23 i don't know they had a lot of managers that year so <laughs> through a lot so beyond that no no strikers came in no additional defensive help how are we feeling about the squad depth and what's going to be a so, very crowded I, fixture schedule coming up again if it works it's going to be great but i think it's we're two injuries away from it not working that's also Pleasantly surprised with, um, and it felt very mature for Wednesday to uh, evaluate Michael Hector as much as they did and as long as they did, and then uh, opt to uh, pass, whether it was based on finances or just it wasn't a good fit. But that was a bit reassuring that they didn't do any uh, nature uh, selections like that. And, uh, you know, the, uh, we could always use a striker. Uh, is still there, but I don't know who's on the market and who they really seriously looked at. Yeah, I mean, there were some some loan links from some players here and there. I mean, they, they can still obviously sign anyone that's out of contract. I don't know who's available there. Like, they have a decent amount of striker depth, especially if, if Wilkes is able to play like this. And, and Patterson obviously did not go to Hearts, so I don't know if it would have been a would have been a top priority compared to the back line. But you know, they're also not scoring a ton of goals, especially from up front. So. Well, they're not, and they're not going to get alone. They're not going to get alone, though. Like, they, yeah. all they need is depth in a couple positions, and no, no team is going to lend a, a player to provide, uh, yes. you know, thirty minutes a game or whatever. Uh, you know, a start every three games. So, you know, what what we can look for and bring in is really limited. And again, do we do we need a starter at any position? I, I'm not sure that we do. Uh, I guess a center back. We could have gotten a. A, a real stud center back that would have been nice um we didn't we got depth for our, our pretty decent center back rotation um i'm fine with how it turned out mike i love your use of the word mature because uh, yeah. i think even though we didn't do much that was compared to some of our recent years that was mature of us to <laughs> not do too so, much hang, hanging on to patterson that might turn out to be a really underrated move considering how much versatility mm. he has and he can move things around. And then I read today uh, in one of the papers that someone came in for, I want to say Windass, um, and we rebuffed them somehow. So that's may- maybe hanging on to what we have is also uh, going to be an underrated move. Yeah, and that's it's a brave move. But, you know, th- there's an aspect we're seeing. Um, you see a lot in team sports, I think, when a team is really – Everything is rolling. Everything's going right. You know, the way that Wednesday season is right now. What do you risk in terms of chemistry, team unity, the the clubhouse? What do you risk by bringing in somebody else? Um, 
again, if you were to bring in somebody else who deemed themselves a starter, they're, they're bumping somebody. Are they, you know, creating waves? Are they causing trouble? Uh, it, I, I'm, I find myself strangely uh, trusting uh, the people who are responsible for making decisions at Sheffield Wednesday football club right now about this transfer window, I guess we'll, we'll find out uh, in the end. Uh, yeah. But I, I have some faith and trust that uh, this is the right decision and our, our depth will carry us. There's an article last week, and I, I sent this out on the uh, WhatsApp group about, it was in the mirror about Darren Moore. Um, just the big picture of, of the culture of Darren Moore since he's been with Wednesday. And it really, he talked about, you know, seeing things in training camp, personality conflicts and nitpicking and bickering and really nipping it at training camp and getting that out of the clubhouse and out of the locker room. So when you say, you know, tinkering with chemistry, um, yeah, I mean, yes, we need to have some faith that, that they know what they're doing in that, in that front. So also nice to read about his ambition to get 100 points and 100 goals this season. And um, just running that out, it both seem attainable. So it's uh, pretty exciting. It is February 1st. So it is time to talk about January player of the month, even though I am, Testing my luck here by continuing to do more segments with a very rambunctious two-year-old in the background. So I don't think Mark McGinnis is available. I guess you could still take Mark McGinnis for January Player of the Month. I, it'd be interesting to see what, at the end of the year if a lone player that was here for half a season can win Player of the Year. So, But we'll cross well. that bridge when we come to it. But who do we like for January Player of the Month? Uh, well, I have zero clue because I haven't even considered that. I, I don't think of football with individual awards that often. And I don't think anybody in particular has stood out. I think that we've had improved play from, uh, I mentioned earlier, Marvin Johnson, I think has, has played pretty well. I think you can always pick somebody from the back line. Um, you know, who's been, who's been scoring our goals in, in January. Josh look good. Windus had a couple games. I, I don't have an issue with that. Like I feel like there's probably, you can always just default to Liam Palmer. No, I went into that. that. You know, he, he's been good playing multiple positions in a mature leadership role. Yeah. I mean, I don't, frankly, this month, I don't. I, yeah. I and and seeing some of the online polls with fans, supporters, I don't, uh, they're all over the place. So if, if there could ever be a team award, um, it would be this month. I thought for the last couple of games, Vox has been quite good too. So, right. Yeah, I we'll mean, see how throw, it plays throw him out. into the mix. I mean, listen, the team has been playing pretty well. <laughs> they haven't lost in however many, what is it, 20 games now? Well, since the last time they played Plymouth, and that takes us... That was us, their last league loss. Good call. Yes, and that takes us to our match previews, and we start back against Plymouth at home this time. Take it away, Justin. Yeah, very cool. And boys, of course, jump in. Um, last time we played them, we had our uh, friend from Argyle, USA on. Um, so it was an interesting conversation. Um, the, as we know, they're in first. Uh, they have the identical record to us with just one more win in one more game. Uh, they are plus 22 goal difference. We are plus 29 with that game in hand. Um, they're pretty good on the road i mean obviously they're in first they're good on the road they're good at home um they are third on the road we are second at home um they are third in form we are tied for first in form 
et cetera, et cetera. That, that first game we played them was at home park at the beginning of October. Uh, Cosgrove had a 90th minute winner and, uh, Jeff, great call. That's the uh, last loss in the league. We, of course, lost to, uh, was it Southampton in the League Cup? I believe that's our so, other most So for whatever loss. reason, that gets counted for the unbeaten run, that gets counted as a draw because it went to penalty kicks yeah, for it's counting all purposes. Un- it's unbeaten, unbeaten in 90 minutes. Yeah, like whatever. I don't, I mean, you can count, like, do whatever you want in terms of accounting. But they, yeah, they lost I, that game. They went out of the League Cup. The result was they did not move on, but yeah, sure. Yeah, but we haven't lost in the league since uh, October 4th, and that's uh, that's pretty impressive. This is the team that beat us. Um, talked about them last year. Um, they're one of two clubs in Devonshire. They have a Mayflower ship on their crest, right? They're the Pilgrims. Uh, they've had 120 years, roughly, of professional football. Uh, they've been a second, third division yo-yo club. Um, and they had, I teased our friend who I apologize, cannot remember his name, uh, from Argyle USA about Scott Twine. Uh, he knocked them out of playoff contention on the last game of the year last year with a four goal performance. Uh, so that was their recent history. Uh, their manager had been Ryan Lowe, uh, who was at Berry. Uh, and then Plymouth, he left to go to Preston North End. So a guy named Stephen Schumacher came in. Uh, Schumacher seems to really be all about Argyle. Uh, moved his family down there, uh, has stayed. He altered Lowe's uh, sort of aggressive flowing 3-5-2 with a 3-4-3 with two tens behind a, a striker. So it's two attacking central midfielders. Uh, and they like to get their wing backs up high and uh, attack that way, get, get the ball quickly out wide and then move it into a couple creative midfielders. So they're, they can have five at the back, but they can also be attacking with, uh, with five pretty quickly. A uh, couple names to note, uh, probably the most important one for us is uh, Morgan Whitaker, their attacking midfielder who had nine goals and seven assists and was recalled by Swansea at the halfway point. So I'm sure that Plymouth uh, joins us in despising loanies uh, from Welsh clubs who steal players back. Uh, big names to look for for them. Their goalkeeper, Michael Cooper, uh, their left wing back, Bali Mumba, who had the 90th plus tying goal against Ipswich. Uh, he's on loan from Norwich. They have Finn Azaz is back uh, who broke his ankle earlier this year, uh, but has come back and in two separate appearances, totaling 75 minutes, has three assists. So he's back. Um, yeah, they're a fabulous team. They, they play aggressive football. We've seen a lot of them over the last couple of years. They counter. They're free-flowing. Uh, they can score on anyone. Uh, it's a team that feels like a team of destiny. This is, this is potentially on paper uh, – you know, as good as League One ever gets, you know, in terms of the skill and quality of the teams. Yeah, it's an interesting situation, right? So let's forget about the Fleetwood game for a second, because please. But they have Plymouth and Ipswich coming up in successive Saturdays, and they position themselves. Obviously, they can go top with a win and still have a game in hand they've also given themselves a little bit of a cushion. If they don't get a great run of results in these two games, they can still 
climb back into it pretty quickly. They have a pretty easy run of games afterwards. But you can almost feel it, right? Like They're not going to win the league in these next two Saturdays. But man, they can make a statement here. It's also just for those of us who want to get away from Fleetwood and want to get away <laughs> from, from Cambridge and want to get away from Wickham, I'm looking forward to these next two games to actually get out there and mm. see if teams hopefully flex their, their muscle and flex their skills. Um, I hope these are not a pair of nil-nil draws from teams that don't want to lose. So, um, mm. yeah, it's, it's, as far as League One goes, I'm very much looking forward to this. Both games. Yeah. Yeah, these are clearly the three best teams. I mean, uh, Barnsley had their little stretch, and they can play good football, and Derby's obviously been playing better. But these three teams are, are a full step above everybody else. Um uh, going to be going to be very interesting um do you guys uh do you guys care about winning the league versus coming in second uh i know uh darren moore was asked this if he would sign up for second place at a press conference and he said no like if he could just guarantee second place right now would he take it he said no which i believe he absolutely has to do as the manager of sheffield wednesday football club i do not care <laughs> to get out of the league sign me up <laughs> We can, we can take second place by goal differential and I'll take it. Do not care. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm there as well. I, I tell you what though, I, you get kind of excited about like, I want to win this game. No, absolutely. I mean, it's not you even, know, it's, 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 not, it's not because of what it represents. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I want to beat this Plymouth team. Then, mm-hmm. And then I want to go to Ipswich where they're devastating at home. And I want to beat them in Ipswich. And then if we come in second, totally fine. But, I, I do want to. I want to win this game Saturday. The Ipswich preview will have to wait for another week, Justin, because we do have to dispense with yet another Fleetwood Town game. No, what? I go ahead, Mike. What's tomorrow on the calendar? <laughs> in America, yeah. I don't know. If it is, it is in the UK. It, it, tomorrow is Groundhog Day, so here we go. The fourth Fleetwood preview of the year. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, do our listeners in the UK know what Groundhog Day is? From the movie, yes. Ah, fair enough. Good I will point. just say, and I, I put this on Twitter, uh, my child, I'm, I'm pretty sure me and the kid have watched all six, or at least parts of all, or well, five of the six. Five, yeah. The, the all five Fleetwood Town games <laughs> in team history. Obviously, they've only been the last two years. And about an hour into the FA Cup game, she's just like, I want Peppa Pig. I'm like, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing to nothing to see here. We know. No, we know. We know. It, they've all like, uh, again, it's like in the last month, they've all been three games too. I, I do want to, uh, I do want to note two things. One, one recently discovered fact. Well, looking today, they, they play in a Highbury stadium, which apparently is on Highbury street. Uh, the stadium was built in 1939, and for some reason, the uh, Wikipedia page then notes that uh, that makes Highbury the 114th largest stadium in England. Um, I, I don't know why that was put in there, but uh, it is. So we are going to the 114th largest stadium in England this weekend. And uh, <laughs> this is the other point that was the reason I wish you guys have been able to unlock the document that I did not uh, unlock for you last <laughs> time. And uh, that is uh, 
that at the beginning of the year they played Everton in a League Cup game. Everton knocked them out, but uh, there were quotes after the game from Everton fans. I'm not sure why, but one of them was asked to describe Fleetwood Town and describe them as quote a pub team full of thugs. And I said, oh, well, that is the Fleetwood Town that I know. Um, and I will note, too, that I ended my description of uh, my expectations for the game to say, expect frenetic chaos, shithousery, and violence. So I think that's uh, that's a Fleetwood Town preview. That's, a, that's all that we need after dealing with them. Yeah, I mean, I expect we'll see a fair bit of squad rotation. They might still win. They might not. I don't. I don't care. Uh, I believe this has been episode 203 <laughs> of the Owls AmeriCast. Maybe. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com and find and follow us on Twitter at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers have a fellow Wednesday nights for Evan and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, yada, yada, yada. Anywhere you choose to get your podcast, there we are. Just search for the Owls AmeriCast. And you listeners, subscribe right there. Wherever you do subscribe to the Owls Maricast, we ask you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Mike is on Twitter, at Cascadia Owls. Mike, what would you rather watch? What would you prefer to watch four times than Sheffield Wednesday versus Fleetwood Town? Oh, my God. I would go uh, anything. Um, my goodness, that's a great question. Um, I'm, I'm going to go watch Nova with my son in a few minutes. So, yeah, we're going to watch Nova four times. <laughs> Same episode about the uh, the Elizabeth line in London. So get excited. What is the Elizabeth line in London? Oh, well, now, now. It is a new, um, it's a new rail, but it's not part of the underground. And um, it's been, gosh, it was conceived of sometime in the 70s. It has been be. Been, been delayed by bureaucracies and, and whatnot. Um, and, and it finally opened in 2022 and it was a big deal. It's much fanfare, but it is the purple train, uh, affectionately known as. So um, when in London, ride the purple train, which Justin, I did ride. Uh, I rode it in December and I had a great time. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owls. Justin, what would you rather watch four times than Sheffield Wednesday versus Fleetwood Town? <laughs> Nothing, man. I love watching this football club. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro, and I'm picking Bellatar's The Turin Horse, a 2011 Hungarian film, 145 minutes <laughs> shot in 30 long takes, theoretically uh, about the owners of the horse that Frederick Nietzsche saw whipped, causing his nervous breakdown. We'll break down that film and another Fleetwood Town match next week. <laughs>